Amen. We're glad you're here this morning. You may be seated. Today's going to be a little bit different. We're actually going to weave the ministry of the Word and worship together this morning. And uh, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to not only the book of Ephesians chapter 5, but also Colossians chapter 3 this morning. Ephesians chapter 5 and Colossians chapter 3. We're going to be doing a lot of worshiping today, and we're going to be sharing with you why we're going to be doing a lot of worship today. And it's certainly an appropriate weekend on Thanksgiving weekend to devote a service to worship. A lot of times as Christians, we have a hard time retaining what we learn in church. One of the Big reasons for that is we fail to apply what we're learning. I mean, we can even do that individually in our time of devotions in the Word of God. If we get up from our time in the Word and we don't immediately apply what we're, what we're learning, what we're comprehending, we can lose it very quickly, which is why James says, let's be doers of the Word and not hearers only. Well, today, we're actually going to apply the Word of God as we are learning it. So you're going to get, I think, a lot of retention, if you will, from the service today. You're going to remember this a little bit better, maybe, than you would even normally, because we're we're going to apply what we're learning at the same time. Um, I'd like you to Look at this passage in Colossians chapter 3 for a moment, verse 16. Because here at the Oasis, we are trying to complement, if you will, the ministry of the Word with the ministry of worship. In so many churches today, worship is emphasized at the expense of the Word... Or the word is emphasized at the expense of worship. And at the Oasis, we believe that the two should actually work together. They should actually complement each other, not compete with each other. So we encourage people to be people of the word because we believe that if you and I get into the word as we should, that the word of God will fuel our worship of God. And then as we learn to be devoted worshipers of God, that will drive us to the Word. And we actually see this here in Colossians, sort of the the, uh, parallel between the Word and worship in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. And the reason I also chose this is because it's a parallel verse to the verse that we're primarily going to be looking at this morning, where Paul says in Colossians 3, 16, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teaching and exhorting one another with all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, all with grace in your hearts to God. So again, you notice there the correlation between the Word of God dwelling within us, settling down in our hearts, and then fueling our worship of singing praises uh, to God. So with that said, if you'll then go back to the book of Ephesians for just a moment, I want to read these verses to you this morning, the verses we're going to be looking at somewhat, and then just make a couple other comments, and then we'll continue with our worship. I want to begin in verse 15 of Ephesians chapter 5, where Paul writes, Therefore, be very careful how you live. 
not as unwise, but as wise, taking advantage of every opportunity because the days are evil. For this reason, do not be foolish, but be wise by understanding what the Lord's will is. And do not get drunk with wine, which is debauchery, but be filled by the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music in your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for each other in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. You'll notice there again in verse 19, the importance of coming together and speaking to one another. In a sense, corporate worship is what he's talking about there. And then he goes on in verse 20 to say, always giving thanks for each other. Why is this so important? Well, let's tie today's passage into last week's passage. And I think we'll see the importance of this. Remember last week we talked about how God calls us to live as children of light in a very spiritually dark world? That we are to go out as God's people everywhere that we go and be light. And yet we know that the Bible teaches that out there, there's so much spiritual darkness. So God obviously understands that as we seek and strive to be light out there in the darkness, it can get discouraging. Uh, We can get beat up, so to speak. We we can be persecuted and and insulted and and suffer for the cause of Christ, as we talked about last week. It, It can be pretty rough out there when we seek to be light for God in the dark world. So that's why in the context, the Bible teaches us why it's so important that we prioritize coming together as God's people corporately to learn about God again through his word and even more to worship him together because we need that. If, if out there it's rough and it's hard and it's a struggle, then so much more do we need to make priority coming together as God's people so that we can speak to one another and encourage each other by the songs that we sing about God and about our faith so that then in a sense we can get recharged and refueled and refreshed and reinvigorated to go back out into the world and be light. That's why he says in verse 19, that it is of high priority to God that as God's people, we come together and speak to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making music in your hearts to the Lord. So, what I shared with you a few weeks ago was, from this passage, uh, Nicole and I picked out worship songs that would illustrate, if you will, each one of these different varieties of songs. And I do want to point that out as well, that in this passage, what you have is also the principle that God loves to be worshipped with a variety of music. Not just one kind, but a variety. And that's what all of these different songs, if you will, illustrate, is diversity and variety. So the very first one that's listed here in verse 19 is a psalm. A psalm is simply scripture, the truth of scripture set to music. That's what a psalm is. So right now, 
And, and listen, isn't this coming on a good weekend too? Because you're going to get to work out today. You're going to burn off a lot of those calories that maybe you consume during the Thanksgiving long weekend. Because we're going to be up and down and we're going to be worshiping the Lord and we're going to be engaged today. So I hope you, you know, came today ready to be engaged. Because can I also say this? To me as God's people, this is what should energize us. And, and if we're going to put our energy and effort in something, it ought to be in the worship of our God. I mean, you think about how many people this past weekend, they stayed up late, they got up early, they put a lot of energy and effort in going out there and getting gifts and all and getting deals and all that. And I'm not saying there's anything necessarily wrong with that. But as Christians, sometimes we have a hard time getting up just to be at church on time. Come on. If they, the, the, if they can be so energetic and put forth all this extra effort into the stuff that one day is not going to even be here, then shouldn't we make a priority to make worship of our one true God something that we put forth energy and effort in? I think we should. So let's stand and let's sing a psalm to the Lord this morning. All right, you you may be seated for just a couple minutes, but don't get too comfortable. How many of you know the passage in the Old Testament where that song was taken from? Raise your hand. Good. A few of you. Isaiah chapter 40 is where the prophet Isaiah says that those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength in him, mount up his wings like eagles. Well, back to Ephesians chapter 5. We're sort of going to work our way backwards through this passage this morning. Because I want to direct your attention next to verse 18 of Ephesians chapter 5. We're in the context of coming together corporately to praise and worship the Lord in verse 19. The Bible says this. And do not get drunk with wine, which is debauchery. Simply another way of saying, well, that's the way the godless, those that don't know God, that's the way they live. But you, as followers of Jesus Christ, be continually, constantly filled by the Spirit. And then, he says, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making music in your hearts. Let's talk for a moment about what it means to be filled with the Spirit. Well, you'll notice that he uses getting drunk with wine. So he's talking here about influence. And he's simply saying to the Christian, instead of alcohol being something that influences your behavior, especially over excessive indulgence of alcohol, he says, you and I should continually let the Spirit of God be the primary influencer of our life. And that Just like with alcohol, there will be certain ways that we behave if we're letting some other thing influence our behavior. The same thing is true spiritually with the Spirit of God, that you and I will know when the Spirit of God is influencing us by certain behaviors, certain ways that we behave. Which is why in Galatians it lists for us the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, meekness, gentleness, kindness, self-control. These are evidences that the Spirit of God is in control of our lives. But there's another one. 
And that is right here. He says, as a Christian, I will know that I'm allowing the Spirit of God to control me, to fill me, to lead me, to influence me, whenever I allow the Spirit to draw me together with my brothers and sisters in Christ and worship Him in a corporate way. Now, can you and I worship the Lord on our own, in our own homes? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we should. We should be living a life of being a worshiper of God and praising Him and singing to Him and thanking Him all the time. But if we are allowing the Spirit of God to control us and influence us, then we will also have that desire to come together as God's people because we've been beat up out there in the world trying to be light. And we know the importance of coming together, not again just for ourselves, but to know that as we come together and we speak out and we sing out these truths of Scripture about our God to one another, that we, our voices, can be an encouragement to our brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's why God calls us to come together in a close-knit community of believers. Not just so that we can, you know, learn more from the Word, but so that we can speak out through songs and through music the truth of God's Word to one another. And that is so important. So you'll notice there, then in verse 19, the next variety of song is called a hymn. And a hymn is simply a song that celebrates God. A song that celebrates our God. So would you stand with me and let's sing a song that represents a hymn today to the Lord. So, again, going back to Ephesians 5.18, if, if, if I don't have that desire to come together with my brothers and sisters in Christ and worship God in a corporate way, then there's one of two things. Either I don't have the Spirit of God, which means I'm not even a follower of Jesus Christ because a follower of Jesus Christ will have the Spirit of God dwelling in them, or I'm not allowing the Spirit of God to fill me. I'm not allowing the Spirit of God to control me, to be the influence in my life because the Spirit of God will draw God's people together. It will be a priority for us so that we can speak to one another. Can I also say this? Some Christians are like, yeah, worship's not for me. Well, again, my, my thinking would be then, are you allowing the Spirit of God to fill you? And some would say, well, I can't sing. Well, the Bible says speak to one another. And I realize, listen, that there are times where we might even come in corporately or even in our own homes and and maybe we don't feel like worshiping. We don't feel like praising the, the Lord. Maybe right now the circumstances or situations in our life, you know, they're not good. But going back to last week's message... When we do what we know we are commanded to do as God's people, out of faith, and we trust God that, that God, I'm going to worship you because you're worthy of worship, whether I feel like it or not, the feelings will follow. 
See, again, we always want, God, you give me those right feelings and then I'll follow. And God says, no, you follow me by faith. You walk by faith and then the feelings that you're looking for, then they'll settle in in that right place. Well, then if you go up to the verse right above verse 18, Paul says this to the Ephesian Christians. For this reason, do not be foolish, but be wise by understanding what the Lord's will is. Now, this is the second time he's mentioned this in this passage in verse 15, and we're going to look at that in a few minutes. He says, don't be unwise, but be wise. And here he's connecting wisdom, which is simply the skill of living life on earth at the highest level with understanding what the Lord's will is. That's so important. So many Christians think that God's will is either very vague or cloudy, there's a lack of clarity there, or that somehow God takes pleasure in always sort of hiding his will, and I have to spend my whole life trying to seek to find it. That's not true. God wants us to understand what his will is. And he's clearly revealed his will to us through his word. I think where we may be can get off track as Christians even, is that instead of focusing on the will of God that we do know and to put that into practice in our life, we're always seeking for the things that we don't know. And God is saying to us, if you focus on the things that you should be doing that you know, then the things that maybe aren't as clear or a little bit more cloudy will maybe come into much clearer focus if you... Focus on what you already know you should be doing. In other words, in this context, if we are living a life where we are making worship of God a priority in our lives every day, and where we are allowing God through His Spirit to draw us together corporately to worship Him, not just for ourselves, but primarily so we and our voices can encourage our brothers and sisters in Christ, and so that we can learn more of who God is through His Word... If we do what we already know the will of God clearly is and and allow his spirit to fill us. Then God says the things that maybe are less clear in your life might become more clear. So that's why he says to us, for this reason, do not be foolish, but be wise by understanding what the Lord's will is. And then he goes into exactly what is the Lord's will for us right here? Well, Be filled with the Spirit and allow the Spirit to bring us together so that we can speak to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. The next song we're going to sing, according to Ephesians 5.19, is a spiritual song. How does a spiritual song differentiate from a hymn and a psalm? And again, you'll see that there's just little nuances of difference here. But the idea is that God loves the variety. He doesn't want to be worshipped in just one way. Which, can I say too, it grieves me when I maybe drive by a church and I see where a church has a traditional service for a certain group within their church and then has a contemporary service for 
another group in their church, I think, wow, you mean we as Christians can't even come together and, and lay aside our preferences of how to worship the Lord and all be together as one and worship him with a little bit of variety. It's always got to be this for me. And I can't take that kind of song because that's a little bit out of my preference. Where is the spirit of God controlling us when we behave that way? So a spiritual song is simply a song that has been divinely inspired. Obviously, it doesn't come from the human spirit. It comes from the divine spirit. And it is intended to touch our spirit down deep within us. So let's stand and let's sing a spiritual song this morning to the Lord. So back to Ephesians chapter 5. Let's now go up to verse 16. And can I just say too that, again, this verse, again, is just a classic example of why we need to study the Bible and verses in their context. Because notice this verse is, "...taking advantage of every opportunity because the days are evil." Now, obviously, he's just talked in the previous passage we looked at last week about being light. And I think that there's nothing wrong with using that as an application. Oh, I need to take advantage of every opportunity God gives me to be light. But in the immediate context, the opportunities that I think he's talking about here are opportunities for us as God's people to come together And to speak to one another, being filled with the Spirit in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts. And this isn't the first time that the New Testament tells us that we should look at it that way. That we have precious opportunities to come together. I mean, you think about it. We have 52 Sundays every year. That's it. 52 Sundays and 52 Wednesdays every year. And in the block of all the time that we spend in our lives and out there in the world, you know, those couple of hours on a Wednesday or a Sunday are a fraction of all the other hours in our week. That's why sometimes, can I just tell you, and I I know Nicole feels this way too, we, we feel like we're always sort of fighting an uphill battle. Because we're trying to minister to people that the predominant time in their life is spent outside of our being able to encourage you and influence you. It's out there where, again, it's rough, it's hard, you're getting beat up, whether it's at work, school, in your family, community, whatever, and very little time do we have with you to where we can influence and encourage you. And yet we live in a day and an age where I think a lot of Christians are like, Eh, you know, even those precious opportunities that we get once a week or twice a week to get together seems to be, you know, becoming less and less of a priority. And yet the Bible says, again, if, if, if I need to be encouraged, which I've never met anyone that said, oh, I've had all the encouragement I ever need in my life. I never need more encouragement. I've never met anybody like that, but if... If you're in that place, please come and introduce yourself. I'd like to meet you. You know, I, I don't need to be refreshed or refueled. I'm, I'm always just right up there on the mountain. 
Because it seems that way sometimes when it comes to the prioritizing of us taking advantage of every opportunity we can to come together as God's people in, in small groups and in big groups to be able to encourage each other through worship and through the Word. But that's exactly what I think even the writer of Hebrews meant when he said in chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, let us take thought of how to spur one another on to love and good works, not abandoning our own meetings as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and even more so because you see the day drawing near. You'll notice in verse 16, he tells us we need to take advantage of every opportunity because the days are evil. Spiritual darkness is rampant out there in our world. It's dark out there. And yet we're called to be children of light. Well, how can I be encouraged and strengthened and built up and and refueled and renewed and refreshed to go back out there and be light? By taking advantage of every opportunity I can to come together with my brothers and sisters in Christ so that I can get built up and encourage myself and so that I can be used by God to encourage and build one another up. Which is why in the context of Ephesians chapter 5, again, I direct your attention to these phrases. Speaking to one another. And then verse 20. Always giving thanks to God the Father for each other. We should be thankful that we can stand in an auditorium of people who we know believes what we believe. That we have some commonality there. Because out in the world many times it's like, am I the only one that... It's thinking like this. Am I the only one that feels this way? And that's why it's so important that we allow the Spirit of God to draw us back together and that we take advantage of these opportunities because when we come together as God's people, we can look around in this room and go, I'm not the only one. I do believe that Jesus Christ is alive and that he rose from the dead and that he died for my sins and that he's real and that he transforms life and that his love covers us. I do believe that. And I know that there's other people around me who believe that too. And there's something strengthening and encouraging about that. Which is why then the next song we're going to sing, which is only referenced in verse 19 as singing, is a song that exhorts and inspires others. And so I hope that as we stand, and would you please stand with me again, that as we sing this song, But let's be reminded that we're not just singing this to us or for us, but that we're lifting up our voices because maybe there's someone else here today that needs to be encouraged and inspired by the words and message of this song as well. You know, when Paul talks about here in verse 20, giving thanks for one another, I I just want to take a moment before I continue and just again tell you how thankful I am for you in my life. It's, it's great to have brothers and sisters in Christ and to have a church family like this. And so I just want to tell you how thankful I am for you. And, and I want to share this at this moment. Um, and I want you to know that what I'm about to share is not unusual. This happens every Sunday, not just this Sunday when they were singing a couple extra songs, but Jeff and, and Rich... Uh, and Nicole and her team, they, they were all here this morning at 7.30 in the morning. It's amazing to me that after all the, the preparation and practice and setup that they go through, that they've got anything left by the time 10 o'clock comes. But 
We know that the Lord is in that as well. But I just want us to give all of them a thank you at this point for this. While many of you are still sleeping on Sunday morning, they are here at church and getting ready so that we can do Sundays like this. And like I said, that, that's not unusual. That's every Sunday. They are here that early to set up and to get the sound ready and to go through the songs together. Well, the last verse that we're going to look at this morning in this passage is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, where Paul says, as he began this passage, Therefore, be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Well, let me start with the whole unwise, wise phrase. In this verse, it simply means that one is unwise if they refuse to let the Lord lead them. A wise person is defined in the Bible as someone that's willing to depend and rely on the Lord's leading in their life. One who understands God is omniscient and God is all wise and God knows all things. So therefore, why would I, a human being, who has a very limited view of things and a a very limited understanding of things, why would I ever choose to try to navigate life and grope through life on my own whenever I have access to God and can let God simply lead me? And yet there are so many, even those who profess to be followers of Christ, who say, God, I got this. I, got, I, I, don't, I don't need you. I don't need your help. I don't need your support. I don't need your wisdom. I don't need your word. I got this, God. God says that's a very unwise perspective. Let me and my word lead you. That's being a wise person. But then he says this even before that. He says, as Christians, we should be very careful how we live our lives. And in the original language, these words, be very careful, mean with exactness, with precision, with accuracy. Wow. See, God says, as as a follower of Jesus Christ, I don't have to try to live my life trying to, again, guess and grope my way through life, that I actually can live with with precision and accuracy and exactness. I can know exactly where God wants me to go whenever I, again, understand what the Lord's will is and devote myself to what I already know, then the other things will become crystal clear. It amazes me that We live in a world where we appreciate accuracy and exactness in so many other things, but we fail to apply that same principle to our own life of living for Christ, even though we say it's very important that we live for Christ. Let me ask you, would would you want a surgeon operating on you that didn't care about precision and accuracy? Oh, I think I'll operate on that eye rather than that eye. It doesn't really matter, right? Even though that eye is the one that's, you know. You wouldn't want a pharmacist being 
inaccurate or lack precision in your prescription, would you? You wouldn't want someone that repaired your car to not care about precision and exactness. I mean, there's so many things. You, know, you don't want to go down to Sky Harbor Airport and get on a plane and have it flown by somebody that could care less about being precise and accurate about what the destination is. I mean, we live every day. You don't want to go to a restaurant where they don't care about preparing your food that you're about ready to eat, hopefully with some accuracy and precision and exactness. We demand that of everyone around us, and yet, do we take time to say, you know, that's the way we need to live our lives. Instead of just trying to, you know, well, God, I'm just going to go out there and hope this works, which is the way many Christians live, sort of like, you know, flying by the seat of our pants. God says, no, no, no. I never meant for my child to ever live that way. Like they're just flapping out there in the wind. I want my child to live very precisely, very exactly. With a lot of accuracy. Well, how do we get that? We get it through living a life of worship and the word. As we live a life of worship to God and spend time elevating and exalting and celebrating God, God and I get so close. And then as we are driven to the Word, because God sees that our heart is all about wanting to worship Him and live for Him, things begin to just pop off the page of Scripture and we begin to get such great insight and understanding and comprehension into the mind of God, into His Word, that we can live a life very carefully, very exactly, very precisely. Which is why then you'll notice he goes on in this passage to say, so you want to live a life of exactness, precision, and accuracy before the Lord? Then take advantage of every opportunity to come together as God's people and encourage each other. Instead of focusing on the will that you don't know, focus on understanding the will of God and putting it into practice in your life of what you do know. Be filled by the Spirit of God at all times. And especially in this context, allow the Spirit of God to draw us together so that we can speak to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for each other in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the last variety of song here in verse 19 is actually the longest one. Making music in your heart to the Lord. This describes a song that honors God with feeling and emotion that comes from a grateful heart. I wish that we as Christians would get a little bit more feeling and emotion in our worship. Not that it's all emotion. 
But you know, especially at this time of year when, you know, you've got football games on and you see these stadiums filled with 100,000 people and they're going crazy over a football team, which, hey, if you'd have seen me yesterday, my team won. I won't tell you who that is because it's not any of the local colleges here. Um, I was excited. But I want to get just as excited and I want to be filled with just as much, if not more, emotion and feeling when I talk about and sing about my God. And that's what it means to make music in your heart to the Lord. It is singing a song to honor God with feeling and emotion in it that comes from a grateful heart. May we live a life that exalts our Lord. He is worthy of praise. And you think as we have been worshiping the Lord down here on earth, that there has been so much worship up in heaven. And that one day we're going to be a part of that. We're going to be a part of that. I want to encourage you all as well, speaking about being light in the darkness, that, you know, during this holiday season, we have opportunities as Christians to remind people, even just by the way we live and the priorities of our life and the things that we go about, of what the season is all about and what Christmas is all about. It's about Christ. So just let's encourage each other to be that light out there, to point people to what Christmas really is. It's about the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Christmas is about. Hey, we have three more Wednesdays to go uh, in this year. And we're having a great time going through the book of Second Timothy on Wednesday night. And we had a fabulous turnout Wednesday. I'm thinking it was because of the pie, not the... But anyway... Uh, three weeks to go. I would love, I would love to see you out uh, these last three weeks of 2016. I know we'll pick back up a little bit in 2017. We always do at the beginning of a new year, but I would love to see us finish strong on 2016. Hey, before we close in prayer too, I'm going to put my dear wife on the spot this morning. Um, But I know she can handle it, so that's why I'm going to do this. Uh, I would like her to just invite all of you gals to the uh, Christmas fellowship for our women uh, coming up this Thursday. Be careful what you wish for. I know. Give me a microphone. Ladies, we have a wonderful time planned on uh, Thursday the 1st. going to be at Marsha Price's house here in Chandler. A Christmas dinner and a cookie exchange. And I encouraged someone yesterday... Don't let the time that you don't have to bake a cookie keep you from coming. Go to Fry's and get something and bring it. That's candy, whatever. Or don't. Just come, okay? So we would love to have you. It's an opportunity for us to all um, get together, get to know one another a little bit better. Please take advantage of it. I would love to see you there. We will uh, just really enjoy the time we have together. And while I have the microphone... We are also signing up for our 2017 um, Women's Retreat, and we're very excited about it. We're entitled it Perfecting Imperfection, but let me just explain that a little bit. Who of you here feels perfect? 
I know I don't. I struggle with that every day. But God wants to perfect that imperfection, and that's the journey that we're on. So we want to come together and encourage each other in that. Please go out and see Marsha at the table to sign up for either or both of those things. And, yeah, there's another Bible study coming up after the first of the year, too. So thanks. Wow. I won't do that anymore. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> and don't we have a great worship leader? Amen. My only complaint about Nicole, she just needs to put more of her heart and soul into it. That's all. No, we, we love it. We have such great, great people here. And you all make the Oasis what it is. We are allowing the Lord to shape us and grow us. And that's what it's all about. I know it was sort of, again, an unusual service today, but we were glad that you were here and that you were a part of it. And I hope it was a blessing to you. Let's be dismissed with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you so much for, Lord, just being who you are. When we stop long enough and pause long enough in our life to just, as followers of Jesus Christ, just remember who you are and what you have done for us and what you are going to do and what you're getting ready to do for us, God, we are just blown away. Because we know, God, we don't deserve any of it. We didn't earn any of it. It was all because you wanted to out of your great love for us. So God, I pray that we would allow your love to fill us up. That we would allow your spirit to fill us up. And that God, we would be a people just overflowing Not because necessarily everything's going right in our life. But we are able to rejoice always because of who you are and what we have in you. And that will never change. That will never diminish or go away. There's nothing or no one that can touch that or ever take that away from us. What's most important to us, God, can never be taken away or changed. So God, we rejoice in that today. And we ask God that whether it's through a service like this or just through our own continued spiritual growth, that God, you would make us more devoted worshipers of you. And that God, as we learn to worship you more, that we would also come back to your word and just allow the word to fuel our worship and our worship to fuel our love for the word so that we can truly live a life of exactness and precision and accuracy before you in this world. God, there is very little time left. So help us, Lord, to live with a sense of urgency, taking advantage of every opportunity we can, not only to be light in the spiritual darkness of this world, but also, God, to come together as your people And to be encouraged and to be an encouragement to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Because God, we so need that. We so get worn down by life and by being out there in the world and trying to be light for you. We get discouraged. We get beat up. But God, then we fail to take advantage of the times where we could come together and be built up. God, help us not to do that anymore. Help us to be here when we can 
so that we can be refilled and refueled and refreshed to go back out there and be light for you in this world. Give us here at the Oasis a chance to be light during this holiday season. Help us as a church and help us as individuals to reflect on what Christmas really is all about. It's about the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and his glorious coming into this world for us. That he was willing, as the Son of God, to humble himself, to take on the form of humanity, to come as a baby in Bethlehem, to be born in a manger, because he loved us. God, may we rejoice in that today. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next week.